I said, Aaron, I want to show this, but it's real life, but some of, some of it I can't show because it's too real. So he did a great job editing some of those words that maybe we've screamed at that moment. So happy Mother's Day to all you moms. So yay, yay. Good job for being mom. Good job for, um, like that sign says, making it look easy. Because isn't there sometimes in our life where we think, I just can't take one more thing. You've got so much on your plate. You've got to do this, 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 this. And you're like, sometimes you just want to sit down, curl up, and just cry and say, I quit. I quit. I can't do this anymore. I think we've all been there. But something in us just picks up and says, okay, I can go one more, one more, one more thing, one more moment. And that's what being a great mom is all about. You make it look easy. So... Um, happy Mother's Day. And I also, on this day, I always like to make sure I, I shout out to all the women of God. Maybe you haven't had um, birth children, but you have birthed some spiritual children. So I like this to be just kind of a girl's day. So shout out to all the girls in the house. Woo-hoo! Yeah. Yeah. So, so happy Woman of God Day and happy Mother's Day. So um, I think that little video just kind of... Mm, it kind of does it all. Um, I do not normally do the speaking. If this is your first time as our church, at our church, welcome. We're so glad you're here. I would encourage you to come back and hear my husband, who is incredible at bringing the word. He makes me do this, so I do this to be submissive and obedient. So if anybody ever says I am not, they're lying, because I'm doing it right now. So, so that's it. I'm doing it. I am submissive and obedient. Here I am. And... Um, a lot of times God will just give me like a word that, oh, the, you know, this is really good. I really feel this is a good word. And, um, and it just wasn't happening. All he gave me was the word a key. And so I started thinking about a key. And I'm like, we know what a key is. A key is a key. And so how do I go deep on a key? So to me, this message is extremely simple. It is, it's, there's not a lot of, I would say, depth, but it will change your life. If you'll hear it, if you'll do it and not get offended, never let's just right away. So we don't want to be offended if I say anything, because sometimes I, I can be hardcore. I was raised hardcore, like Navy SEAL Christian. Y'all know our story with my father being a pastor, my grandfather being a pastor and my great grandmother being a pastor. This is all I know. And they were not always love. So I've learned a little more love and a little more softer. So, um, just be kind of be open to if I say something, don't say, oh, she said that about me. I really, I don't have one person in my mind except for what the Holy Spirit wants me to share today. So maybe if there's something hard, it's just Jesus wanting to love on you a little. The word says he chastens those he loves. And I used to use that scripture when I would go to school and have welts all the way down my legs. I would share in gym class, you know, you have to put your little uniform on. And I'd say, my dad loves me. <laughs> So, what is on your leg? Well, he didn't spare the rod, and I needed it. So, that's true. I needed it. So, I love gifts, and my husband says yes when I said that in first service. Yes, you do. But the best gifts are the memories and the time I get to have with my children and my grandchildren. Those are the things I treasure more than anything in the world. Everybody knows we have um, four incredible children, Jill, Jessica, Marcus, and Drew. Um, I am just so blessed, and they all have amazing spouses that I just love, and I think they're, they're we are just so blessed. I, I'm crazy about them, and y'all know that. I have four grandkids, 
um, and one on the way, one coming in June from Marcus and Charity, and it is a boy. So therefore, I have one girl, and you know, those that know, Sayla. Sayla is my girl, so, and uh, I'm crazy about her, and when I have the next girl ever, when that happens, I will just be as crazy about that girl, but if I don't and I have one girl, Lord have mercy. Lord have mercy. So that's all I'm saying about those. But my husband is incredible, and I think he gave me really, really good kids, and so I think that's because of him. I am blessed with an incredible husband, and, and I hope, I hope, amen. I hope you all can say that about your husbands and your spouses and, um, and your children, and, and I know you do. So when I say these stories and these um, testimonies and stuff, just encourage you to put yourself where I say my story, you put your story. So I don't want it to be anything about me. I just want it to be about you walking away from this place today, knowing that you have the key to change whatever needs changing in your life. Okay? Father, we love you and we bless you and we thank you that you are so good. We thank you that you love us unconditionally, Lord. No matter what we've done, no matter our mistakes, you love us anyway. So, Lord, today I pray that we would have an open heart, open and receptive mind, and, Lord, we would hear your word today, that we would do what you say that you want us to do and be who you want us to be. We love you so much. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Well, I'm speaking on faith. That's going to be the end, but that's mine. But I'm speaking on what is the key to open your destiny. So we, we're all going to get keys at the end. And what we want is this key to unlock whatever needs to be unlocked in your life. Um, this is my husband's key. I got it wet because I got spilled water. I know. He doesn't let me out of the house much. Um, <clears throat> he doesn't let me drive. It's actually my car. But he only lets me carry one key. This is actually my keychain, and I've really trimmed down, like there's, you know, we've moved a lot, so some of these keys might go to a house if you bought one of our houses, it might be in there, I don't know, <laughs> I don't have the time know where my keys are, but I used to have like little fuzzy things on the end, and every cute keychain I could find, boy, I'd put it on there, and it was so long, and you'd put it in the car, and it would hang clear down here, and Mark is like, I am not carrying your keys, and so we had to have another key made, that just has one key, and on this one key, he can go anywhere in this building, anywhere he needs to go, rather than have all these keys that get him where he needs to go, he has the master key. So everywhere he wants to go, he can, he can go anywhere. He doesn't have to carry all that. And that is what I want us to walk out of here knowing that you have been given the master key. Anywhere you need to go, anywhere God is taking you, you have been given the key, and you have the master key. You don't need all these keys. You just need one key. And we're going to decide and hear and, and let the Holy Spirit deal with you what that key is for your life. So it's going to be all about keys. And I looked up, you know how I always look up the definition of, of what something is, you know, what is grace, what is that? Well, I looked up what the word key means. Do you know what it means? It's like, this is deep, to unlock. Wow, like that's deep, right? To unlock. But the part it doesn't leave, it leaves out in the dictionary there. This key will unlock, and it also means power and authority. And you're going to hear that so many times in the next 30 minutes power and authority, power and authority. Um, 
That's what we're going to talk about. You have been given the power and the authority to unlock whatever needs to be opened in your life, whatever relationship needs to be fixed, whatever sickness in your body, whatever finances or whatever peace, whatever it is, here you go. We've been given the key, and we're going to learn about that this morning. Um, it will open doors. It will let you in and out. Um, in this amazing book I've been reading, if you go to page 48 and 49, I highlighted it somewhere in there, but... I'll let y'all look at it. Um, in this book, this is a book Pastor wrote, he wrote about three keys in there on loyalty, and he's extremely loyal. And I wanted to use some of that, but I don't have time, so I'm just going to show you the book. And then I had this, um, this friend of mine, or a couple of my friends, had said, oh, when my husband's done, I'm going to read the book. I'm waiting for him to hurry up. Let me just tell you this. We have enough for you to buy two. So if you want to buy another one and read it now and let your husband read his or your friend, then you just pass it. When you're done with it, you give it to somebody else and bless somebody else because there's a lot of lessons here. So you don't have to just have one. Just, just FYI, let you know that. You can buy two and pass it on. So um, the keys are in here. So this, this has an, a lot of what I want to talk about with keys, but um, I don't want to give it all away, so you just need to read it. But we're going to go in um, Isaiah 22 and 22 is the scripture we're going to come out of. And it says, and I will place on his shoulder the key of the house of David, and he shall open and none shall shut, and he shall shut and none shall open. And what it's talking about, Eliakim is the priest right here, and he received this key. And it says, he is a trusted servant of God. And so he is assigned to the door, and then how I read it, in like a couple verses ahead of that. They, he takes this big old key and it's on a rope and he hooks, there's a hook on his shoulder and he puts his key right here and he just stands guard and he's got his key. He doesn't have to say anything. He doesn't have to speak, but everybody that walks up to him knows that man's in charge. Why do they know he's in charge? Because he is holding the key and that's what the enemy looks at you and says, oh, I can't go there because they have the key. You are holding the key this morning that will unlock and let you in and let things out. And so we want to we wanna keep that authority and power. I have this written down because this is what the Holy Spirit kind of showed me was some people, they want authority but not the responsibility. So this man had a responsibility to stand there. He had to stand guard. And if he walked away from his, his position then maybe somebody could have come in and broke the door down. Somebody could have got in, but his responsibility came, authority came with responsibility. And um, so, so maybe that will help your marriage. Um, men, women, it doesn't matter how much, who makes money. It's just if you have a responsibility in your house, if you want the authority, if you want to be the leader that God's called you to be, and, and it's not about money, it's about, be, be responsible. Be responsible to who God's called you to be. If it's your family, it's your children, you be responsible and you take care of them and, you, and watch God bless your marriage because if you want authority, you got to be responsible. So um, that was a key that I thought was amazing. So take that with you and think about that. If I want to have the authority, I need to be responsible. And if you look, this is amazing. Um, Matthew 16 and 19, it says, if I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven and whatever, whatever, whatever 
you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatever, again, whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. So right there, Jesus is, is telling us, I have given you a key. And whatever you bind. So say you have um, anxiety. Okay, we're just going to use that. I bind a spirit of anxiousness, of nervousness, um, whatever that is, and I loosen peace. So that's how simple it is. Well, you have sickness in your body. I bind a spirit of sickness and whatever is attacking my body. I bind that and I loosen health. And I declare that by the stripes on Jesus' back, I've already been healed. So you understand. So whatever is, is attacking you, bind that. If your marriage is a wreck, I just, I just bind a spirit of division and, and loosen unity. So this is, this is the key, and this is Jesus letting us know that I give given you the power and authority if you will only use your key. So that, that's, really, that's really key. In Revelations 3 and 7, Jesus speaks of having the key. It says Christ carries the key to his Father's kingdom and with his authority of who will enter. And, you know, we know that that says, enter in my good and faithful servant. So that's Jesus holding the key, but you have the authority or you have the responsibility or the choice to say, yes, I want to give my heart to Christ and I want to live a life that is pleasing to God because Jesus holds that key that says I can enter into heaven when it's my time. Amen. So those are those are just a few of the keys that um, that I just want you to understand that and show you that we can walk in that. And then I want I want to talk about what I think the key is. Maybe your key is trust, hope. Um, obedience, Pastor and I talked about that. Obedience is huge. So we kind of start talking about the different keys of what is the master key. And for me personally, I think it's faith. So when, when we leave here today, I want you to leave knowing my faith has been lifted. I have been lifted up. My faith level has been raised. And I've been given a key, which is the power and authority, if I'll use it. If I don't use it. Then it just lays here. If I have this key to my car, if I gave this key to anybody, I want to give it because they might actually use it. Um, <laughs> I'll give this key to Mark. <laughs> and he goes out and gets in the car and goes. But if I give it to him and he just stands around, stands around, it doesn't do any good unless you use it. So if you use the key that you have, you can go places. And, and that's what we want to do today. We want to go. And I think it's faith because I personally have lived, and I'm going to tell you some stories here at the end, just about faith. And, and hopefully that's going to raise your, raise your faith level because for some reason, our family has, has went through a lot of stuff, a lot, a lot, a lot of stuff. Um, I wasn't maybe raised as, as normal children are raised where our house, we would have prayer every day, and I would have to, like, come in. I'm playing in the yard in the street with my friends, and it's like, Janie, come in. So I'd have to come running in because it was, it was noon prayer. So I'd have to get on my knees. I'd have to pray, pray, and my friends are waiting. Oh, come on, come on, come on. So as soon as I got done, I'd run out. But we've seen miracle after miracle after miracle because it was faith was a huge, huge um, thing in our family growing up and then the same in our children growing up. Um, I love making history, making stories, uh, making traditions. Um, my 
children and grandchildren, we would always do these things on um, our children. Now Mark would be out of town on Monday nights because he worked out of town on a, on a job there. He had to spend the night. And so on that night, our, our kids, me and the three kids, Drew wasn't born yet, but we would um, make homemade pizzas and we would make cookies and we would go play games in the living room and we would sleep in the living room. We just had all these fun traditions. And because I was building memories, I was building traditions with our children. And, and so we were making Christmas or Easter cookies with the grandkids the other day, I was, and, and we were making these cookies. And oh, to me, they were absolutely beautiful. And I told Brady and Jonah the story of how we used to do that. And they said, oh, Grammy, next time I spend the night, can we do that? Can we sleep on the floor and watch movies and eat our pizza? And it was like, yeah, but now we have these beds that we can all watch the movie. And then we'll go upstairs and sleep in the beds. Oh, yeah, that's true. I think for me, part of it was I didn't want to sleep without Mark. And so I'd sleep downstairs with the kids. But we make big messes when we make big memories. And, um, and so I encourage you, make some messes. Get in there and make messes with your kids. Let the house be messy when you're making cookies and um, making homemade pizzas. It'll clean up. But you're making bigger memories when you do those kind of things. And enjoy them. I mean, I love, love spending time with the grandkids and, and our children. So my faith and my upbringing may have been different than yours, but at the same time, we all have been given a measure of faith. So it doesn't matter if I'm like fourth generation in ministry or you're a first generation, you just accepted Christ last week. We've all been given a measure of faith. It's just if we choose to use it or not. The word faith means to complete trust. So I love that, completely trust or confidence in someone or something. So you have complete confidence or complete trust. Now hope, I looked that up, and hope is a peaceful assurance that something that hasn't happened yet will happen. So it's believing that something that hasn't happened yet is about to happen. Um, I was reminded, I was riding um, on the back of Mark's um, motorcycle the other day, and I was on the back, and I thought, I was thinking of, what faith is and what does complete trust look like? And I was reminded of Jessica. Our kids were young and they would they would ride they wanted to ride on the back of the of the Harley. And so they're riding on the back. And um, some parents, I said, Marcus and probably Jill, they would probably never go for their kids to ride on the back of the bike. But Jessica was okay with it because she had complete trust in her father. And sometimes not that they don't completely trust their father. They just are a little more picky. Jessica's kind of, she's just jail. I mean, she's just cool. She's just easy. And I said, Emily probably wouldn't go for it, but uh, Drew probably would go for it eventually. But, um, but I think it's a, it's a picture of what, what God in heaven, he wants us just to say I that we completely trust him. And he has it. And so though things might look scary in your life, things might look, make you look, think, oh, I'm a little nervous. I can't do this. But God the Father, he completely wants whatever is good for you. He only wants that that is good. And so Jessica sees that with the boys on the bike, and she was okay with it. Not to say she wasn't nervous, but she had complete trust in her father, and that's what the Heavenly Father expects from us. Amen? All right, we're going to go to Matthew 5, 25 through 34, and it speaks of the woman with the issue of blood. And now, um, y'all probably know this story well, and I always look for a woman in the Bible that I can speak after, 
But I thought, you know, there were so many, but I thought this one was key because it goes with faith. And this woman had a 12 years. She had been to every doctor. She had money, so she was going everywhere trying to find somebody to, to help her with this sickness. So for 12 years, she had an issue of blood, and she was sick, and she could not get well. But she was on a mission, and she wasn't giving up. She kept saying to herself, when I get to Jesus, I know I'm going to be made whole. So she heard about Jesus coming into town. And maybe that's you this morning. Maybe for years and years you've been battling something and something that just can't, you can't seem to break through. But if you can have the mindset of, of the woman with the issue of blood and say, but when I get to Jesus, everything's going to be okay. When I touch him. And in this crowd of people, there were so many people around her. And it says that she pushed her way. Now, if you've ever had the flu and been sick, you know how hard it is even just to get out of bed and just make it to the sink or make it out of the bed for any little thing. She has been sick for 12 years, and it says with pain and sickness. But you know what? She wasn't going to let that hold her back. She pushed her way through. Excuse me, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. And just pushing everybody out of her way because she knew if I could just touch Jesus, I would be made whole. And so Jesus says, who touched me? And the disciples say, Master, all these people are around you. Why do you ask who touched you? Because he says, somebody touched me with expectancy. And that's the key right there, or faith, expectancy. She came to this place where Jesus was and said, I'm coming out of here whole. I ain't carrying this sickness. I ain't carrying this, this fear. I'm not carrying whatever you're carrying. Whatever she was carrying was sickness. And she said, I'm not leaving with it. I'm, I'm not going to carry this anymore. So Jesus said this, and this is so key. He said, your faith, your faith has made you whole. He didn't say it was, it was Jesus, it was the people around you. Because, you know, there probably had to be a lot of people in, the, in there that was asking for something. But it, it's not recorded that they got what they came for. But it's recorded that she came because she came expecting. And when you come to the house of God expecting or when you go to your knees or you go to your prayer time and you are expecting a miracle, you're going to get it because you have the key. You've been given power and authority to unlock whatever is locked up, whatever is being held up. You can take this key and you can say, I'm expecting God you to do a miracle in the name of Jesus. I have been given this. So we got to walk in that. I think that's so, so key. So, so key for us. So Jesus is saying your faith, not pastor's faith, not my faith, not the people that are praying for you, but it's your faith. And if you can allow your faith to start rising up and say, you know what, I'm not, I'm not just going to kind of, excuse me, timidly, well, I wish I could get up there, but I can't. I'm in the back. And if I could get up there, I, I could be, I could probably be healed. No, she didn't do that. If we could say, get out of my way. I'm sorry, coming through. Oh, sorry. I'm sorry, I can't talk right now. I got to get up there. If you be like that woman on a mission and say, I'm getting up there because I'm coming for my healing. I'm not caring anymore. I'm tired of it. I'm tired of being depressed. I'm tired of walking with anxiety. I'm tired of my marriage being a wreck. I'm tired of being in this sickness. I'm tired of my faith. Maybe, no, I'm not sure. Up, I'm down. If you can get steadfast in your heart and your mind and say, because I have been given the key, the power and authority, I'm unlocking 
open that door of my marriage is healed. My, my children that are on drugs, they're coming home. Sickness in my body. I'm walking away from it because I have the key. And so if we can get like her and like hear Jesus say about you, your faith, your faith has made you whole. So don't just brush. And I know, I bet on the way up, she probably heard a lot of negative words. And have you ever been there where you're believing God for something that is like, well, it doesn't look good, but let's just say we're believing with her. But, you know, like Pastor talks about in the book where when I was sick and dying, we kind of just had a rule there that we were just having our room because if somebody would have seen all these tubes all over my body, they might have came in and I was swelled up probably, oh, I'm going to guess 250 pounds, I'm guessing, I didn't see myself and thank God I didn't, but seven liters of water, I mean, they were just, I mean, I couldn't bend my fingers, I was a wreck, so if you might have came up and seen me, you'd have been, ooh, you don't look good, Janie ain't looking good, uh, we just need to pray for pastor because she about to go. But we didn't, ha we didn't want that in our hospital room, which is all that stories in the book. We just wanted people that were going to fight no matter what we looked like, no matter that, that had the most at hand was, was our children to say, Mama, I'm pushing through the crowd. I don't care what the people around me say you look like. I don't care if the doctor says you got a 5% chance to live. I don't care. I'm getting back there because Jesus is up there, and I'm breaking through. Or like Marcus did, he took over the chapel, said, Charity, stand at the door. And that boy went off in the Holy Spirit praying, and everybody else did, and everybody in the church. But you got to get to that place you're, you're pushing the crowd. Push the people out of your way. Push the noise. Push the, the sounds or the negative words. It, it's not going to happen. But, it, yes, it will happen if you only believe and your faith will make it happen. I promise. I promise it will happen. And you don't have to wait 12 years. But she did, but she didn't give up. And so whatever it is. I say don't give up. Just keep pushing. Just keep pushing. And, you know, God has the, the end story, but at the same time, he can turn around whatever the enemy meant for evil. He can make it good. Um, power of life and death is in our tongue. So if we begin to just speak life, I was um, visiting with a friend of mine, and um, she said a sweet thing. She said, if I ever get a house, and I stopped her right there. I said, when you get a house, when you buy a house. And um, so that was, that was so key. When, when, when. Don't go walk around saying if it happens. No, when it happens because my faith is the key. I have been given that key to open any door that needs to be opened. Um, right here, um, I'm going to just try to give you a couple stories. I'm not going to keep you real long. I just want to give you some stories that are going to build, hopefully build your faith. Um, and, and Drew, I had, the, I had shared with the first service a, a cute, cute little story. Of, I had Mark and I got married very young, too young. And um, so we always say, do as we, we'll teach you, we'll teach you. Don't do what we did, but let me help you. But, I mean, I still wouldn't change it for anything in the world because he's still today the love of my life, the best father in the whole wide world. I think he's a great pastor. I think he's amazing. So being said that, I still maybe shouldn't have got married so young because all the stuff we had to go through probably wouldn't have been as hard if we could have waited a little more. But um, God worked it out, and I'm, I'm thrilled for it. But we had three children really, really quick, and like... Like, we didn't plan 
any of those three. They just kept coming. And I wouldn't change them either. I would not change them. I'm, I'm Jill, Jessica, and, and Marcus, they're just incredible. Um, wasn't part of our, our plan, but it was part of God's plan. And um, so we were at a friend's house, and we were, we were just over, and they had the cutest little boy who was this little blonde white toehead. He was so cute. And oh my goodness, he was adorable. And I went home and I told Mark, I said, oh, we should just have one more. Let's just have one more. And so according to the ultrasound, six weeks, six days later, Drew was conceived. So when we, you ask for something, you don't have to necessarily wait 12 years. It might happen that night. So it did. And, and Drew came out with this white blonde toe head. And the funniest thing is all our other kids had dark hair. So it was kind of cool that, that, you know, God just reminded me that, hey, you asked for that. And so he gave us that. I just, that was free. I just thought that was cute. Okay. So now I'm going to try just to build your faith up for a moment. And, uh, and when I tell you these stories, I want you to um, put your story here. Because you've probably got a story that's even harder than our story. But um, Jessica, our daughter, who's um, sitting back there running the sound, um, I was um, six months pregnant along with her. And, and a lot of you know the story, so I'm going to condense it down a little bit. But six months pregnant. And um, I had already had our oldest daughter, Jill. So I knew what pregnancy was like. So I really didn't really show really at all until like six months I started popping. And when I popped, I just popped. But it was, so it wasn't unusual for me with Jessica to not be very big. And so the doctor did the ultrasound and she said, I cannot find a heartbeat. And I said, well, you know, it's probably hidden back in there. You're going to find it. And, and she said, no, I think it's best if we face reality and we just go ahead and take the baby. It's, it's not alive. And I said, but I haven't even had a moment to pray about that, and I just don't think you need to go telling pregnant people that. I don't even have my husband here, and I just kind of let her have it. You're just out of order. You're wrong. You, need, you know, so how I get sometime. The mama bear came out, and I hadn't prayed about that, so for me to just think I would do that. And so I um, went, and long story, you know, we've heard it. We prayed about it, and I went back the next month for the test, and she said, wow. I don't know what happened, but we did find a heartbeat. But the ultrasound shows that her head is much bigger than her body, which shows that she's going to be um, probably born dead, um, or she will be um, very um, mentally challenged, like she'll never operate the way, way you would expect her to live. And um, there's, she'll be very small. She won't be very smart. Um, oh, just gave me every negative thing you could. And I said, well, that, I'm not going to receive that. I'm going to just go to church, and I'm going to have my father, my heavenly father, take care of this because she didn't know I had this. I had power and authority to take over whatever was trying to come at me. And so I said, when I have this baby and this baby is completely whole, will you do one thing for me? And that signed her, her chart that says that this baby is only alive because she's a miracle. And I said, she will come out perfectly well. And she said, I will, but I don't, I don't think that's going to happen, honey. That's just not going to be. And I says, okay, but I got a key, and I'm going to use it. And so um, she did come out. Jessica stayed in the hospital two days, came home. She did come a little bit early. That was what they said would happen, and that happened. But 
two days was in the hospital and came home, and the doctor wrote on her chart, only a miracle of God on her chart. That is God. And then she had, she had let us know that she was an atheist. She did not believe, she did not believe that, that God was, was able to do this. She didn't believe in God. And so um, she wrote that. And then I, I heard um, later that she became a missionary in Me Mexico and was working with children, unborn children and children. So God did a good thing. And see, Satan wanted me to abort my miracle because he didn't know what I had. I had the key. And so we have that key. Um, I'm just quickly going to tell you, Drew, that's our little worship leader up here who's incredible, who wrote that song, Be Still. Amazing, right? Um, so gifted. But he was born with a very, very small, um, on his uliva there, it was split in half. He didn't have that. But there was a hole up in there. And the whole time I was pregnant and Mark and I both, we didn't tell each other because, you know, there's power in our tongue. And we thought, well, we don't want to confess that I feel like something's not right. And he's, like, feeling the same thing. So we didn't want to say anything. And so we're both just praying privately. And so when Drew was born, he came out 8'1". He's chunky. He's just so cute. He was just adorable. Unlike her baby on the video, why are you so ugly? Mine was really cute, you know, that video where she said, why is he so ugly? Um, ours was really cute, and, and y'all's are too. But he came out, and so they, they said he was um, going to have trouble. So, they, so long story there, we believe that God just left a touch, just a small hole on the roof of his mouth so it could be part of our testimony to show that when God tells you something, you pray into that. You, you, you go after that. And so we did that, and we was getting ready to have Drew's dedication, and he, like I said, he was 8-1 when he was born, and he was down in the four-pound range at this time. I have pictures that I don't even, I don't even like to look at them, but they're part of our story. I don't even like to look because if you see this healthy baby from the day he was born into a month later, his little, he's totally dehydrated. His eyes are all sunken in. He has absolutely no color. He's totally yellow. His little skinny fingers. He's just like, and he's laying in his little infant seat and had dedication. And I have a picture of that. And every time I look at that picture, I just remind myself, Satan, you didn't know I had the key. You didn't know I could. I, was, I had the key, and I wasn't afraid to use the key. So, Drew, God, we prayed. And our daughter, Jill, pastor has told that very recently. We prayed over that just like we do our food. She said, Mama, we got to pray over it. We, we never done that like that. And so we prayed over it, and we took a little scissors, and we just said, we're going to make that hole so this little boy can suck. He just didn't have any sucking power. And the doctor said, babies will eat when they're hungry. He'll eat when he's ready. He was starving, and nobody would help us give this child food. And we didn't know what to do. And so we did that. And so Jill... And I, we prayed over his food, and he was using those little two-ounce bottles because he was only eating half an ounce, and it took him 45 minutes to get that down. And so um, he drank that whole bottle. And we were like, oh, my goodness. So I ran and get another one. He drank that whole bottle. And then I'm like, well, I don't want him to drown, you know. So we just gave him a touch more. I'm not, remember, I'm really young. I'm really three kids at 21, not real bright. Don't recommend it. But um, 
but it happened. <laughs> but Drew, I was a little older, so I was a little wiser, and I thought, okay, I need to slow down. So from that moment on, life came into Drew's body. When we prayed, because Jill and I prayed with the key, with the authority, with the power, and that's what we got to use. We got to use this. If you'll use it, I promise, I promise it, it'll be good. And I kind of told you my story a minute ago about the septus taking over and 5% chance to live. But God, and that's why I'm here today, but a couple, few years ago, Marcus and Mark were going to Haiti on a mission trip, and I had found a lump and thought, I better go back to my doctor in Nebraska because that's where they have all my records of everything. So I went back there, and they did an ultrasound, and they did a mammogram, and they said, definitely, um, you need to be ready. It definitely is something, and you, you, you more than likely have cancer. And the, part of that reason was because my mom had cancer. And 27 years ago, I think it is or so, she had a mastectomy. And then they wanted to do chemo and radiation. And she said, no, I'm not doing that. I'm just going to, you do that. You do what you got to do. And I'm going to believe God to do the rest. I'm trying to use wisdom, but I, I'm not going for that. She always had a key. My mama always had a key, and she wasn't afraid to use it. So she's never had it again. She's never had chemo. She never had radiation. She is perfectly healthy. But when the doctor looks at your records, because your mama had it, you probably have it. So those are those negative words that the woman with the issue of blood probably had. Well, you know, you probably, you hear these negative things, and so your mind says, well, one of the three of the, sister, the, the girls are going to have it. I guess it's me. But so on Friday, they go in, and like in the book, Mark says that he's always been my go-to guy. He takes care of me, and he always has. He's in Haiti, and I don't know what to do. The doctors just told me more than likely, yes, there's live cells. You have cancer. And so I'm here I am in Omaha, and my rock is gone, and I just said, okay, I'm going to have to use my key on this one. And so Jill and I just began to pray, and wasn't sharing a lot, and even my parents and my sisters came over to Jill's house because we did share with them, and they were crying and kind of whining, and oh, and everybody was so down, and I said, guys, I'm okay. God's got this. He got me way back then. He's had our children. Why, do, why would you guys try to bring me down? Well, we're just facing reality, Janie. You need to know reality. I know reality. I got a key. So, <laughs> so I had to kind of speak life into my, my parents and my family because, you know, parents, uh, they love God, but, you know, they're your kids, and your kids make you a little nervous sometimes. So, um, so I, they said, come back Monday, and we want to do a reading with a specialist. So we go, I go back on Monday, and the specialist is there, and she's doing the, the exam, and she said to her assistant, who... Who did this? Who took the reading? I want her to come in here. So she goes and gets the girl that did the reading, and she comes in, and she said, tell me what you saw. And she's looking at the thing. She said, well, it was there Friday. And she said, there is nothing there. There is nothing on these. Are you sure this is the right one? I said, but I have the key. So there you go again. We have keys. Uh, Jonah was um, Jessica's second child. Um, and he was having so many ear infections, and they said um, Jonah was going to have, going to be totally deaf. He would, he would be deaf. You can come up, Drew. He would be deaf, and so um, we just thought, no. You know, in the first sight, I thought, well, you know, God might want to use him in deaf ministry, and that, that's part of it. And okay, if that's God's, you know, if that's where we're going to go with it, we're going to learn sign learning. And, you know, your mind instantly goes there. And then I stopped and said, wait a minute. No, 
I got a key for that. I can open. I can do something. So we begin to lay hands on Jonah, and we begin to pray over Jonah. Jonah hears perfect. Like, you can't even whisper around Jonah because he's going to hear you because of God's key. The key of faith. Our little Sela, which y'all know I'm crazy about, in the womb they took pictures and you know the sonograms now are like you, know, like, you can see what color their eyes are just about, you can see everything. <laughs> Couldn't see all that back then. But you can see everything. And they were sure she had a club foot. And she was even went to a specialist while in the womb and trying to get ready for when it came out. But we were all praying and said, no. No, by his stripes we are healed. And without faith, it's impossible to please God. And like the woman with the issue of blood, your faith. And so I began to push my faith and say, my baby girl ain't going to have that. I'm not receiving that. And you know, Selah, she is perfect. She don't got nothing wrong with her legs, nothing wrong with her feet. She is whole. She's the smartest little thing in the world. That's just God. We had two more testimonies. My, um, one of our... our closest friends here, you know, the Harguses, they go here, and they went through a couple years of just, I'd say, pure hell with their child addicted to drugs, and a lot of you were part of that prayer that believed God to get him off of those drugs, and they were prescription, and he was a good boy, he's a great kid, but boy, he was so hooked, he couldn't get off of those drugs, so we would fervently pray together, and we just begin to break every chain of addiction. We begin to just hold up our key and say, we have got authority over those drugs, over that addiction taking his life. We're just be believing that drug, you can't, you can't take care of, you cannot take his life. You've got to set him free. So we began to just say, we're using our key of faith and we just build them up and they build us up. We were so encouraged watching them go through this miracle. They'd sit there Sunday after Sunday, year after year, just watching their child. Mama, I want to do good, but I can't. But when we all decided, hey, we've been given the keys to kingdom to bind addiction, it has to be broken in Jesus' name. That addiction has to be broken in Jesus' name. Um, I don't know how many years ago it was off the top of my head, but Marvin is just one of the greatest guys you're ever going to know. Marvin's sitting right here. And... Um, his son was in a terrible car accident where he was T-boned, and he was in, wasn't it Charlotte Hospital? And we ran down there to, to be with Marvin, and his son was on every kind of uh, machine, just keeping him alive, and the doctor said, um, Mr. Speaks, your, your son is brain dead. There's no nothing, and you really need to just probably take him off life support, and there's he's not gonna, he's not, he's not there, and so we went, I think we went to Olive Garden, actually, is where we went, and we sat there, and Marvin said, Pastor, what do I do, the pastor said, what's it hurt to give God a couple weeks, and you need to make sure, we need to, we got, we got faith, we can pray, we can see a miracle, if we just listen to every, and I love doctors, I love you all so much, you're amazing, um, but what if we, what if we just gave God a chance to do a miracle, I could just, I'd love to just someday just have Mark just share the whole story. He's so much better at sharing stories than I am. But one, and then they said he would never walk out of the hospital. It would never happen. And the, the rule was you had to leave, and you've been in hospitals, you have to leave in a wheelchair. That's the rule. Well, if you know Marvin, 
He's going to obey the rule, but he might twist it just a little bit. So somebody's leaving in a wheelchair, but he's his son. He made, the, he made the comment, my son's walking out of this hospital. He declared that. His faith, your faith, Marvin's faith, said, my son is walking out of this hospital. So, okay. So I think maybe Marvin got in the chair and uh, Wesley pushed him out. So, okay, if we got to go, Wesley sits right there. A walking miracle. He used his key. What if we didn't use the key? What if we're trying to make a decision? Is this the right key? Or does this key fit in this lock or this lock? Well, just get your master key. Your master key is going to fit in every lock. Any door that needs to be opened, according to the word which we read in Matthew, whatever, whatever, Whatever needs opened, whatever needs shut, whatever needs loosened, whatever needs bound, use your key today. And, and my hope is that whatever you're going through, whatever decisions you have to make, you won't let fear not let you use your key. Because fear will try to cripple you. Fear will say, I'm not good enough. I wasn't raised that way didn't say on Matthew, it said whatever. It didn't say only if you've been saved for 35, 45, 50 years. It just said I'm going to give you the key. Now it's up to you if you want to use it. You don't want to use it? You're lost. I'll give you the key. So what I want to do, we had a huge huge crowd in first service like crazy like this so um so if i don't have enough keys if you would just write your name down and give it to me if i don't have enough i'm gonna order some more because i really feel like like in first service every woman of god i said 18 and up if you're 18 and up especially moms but if you would come just stand up here and just pick up a key and I want you to hold that key. And these keys, I want you to know, I prayed over every key that was up here. Personal, I just held it up and I declared your miracle. Whatever your miracle is, whatever you have need of, whatever you're asking God to do in your life, I have prayed that, whether it's spiritually, physically, financially, emotionally. So just pick up a key, whatever it is, and it's been prayed for, and the rest of us, we can just stand up. Let's get on our feet. Just grab a key and hold it. And whatever's being held up, whatever needs to be unlocked in your life, there's some more here and there's more here. Be like the woman with the issue of blood, girls. Just press in. Just push up and get it. I think the key is you picking up your key. I don't think somebody needs to pick it up for you. I think the key is you need to come get your key. Like the woman came and she got her key, just come get it. You walk up and you press through the crowd, say, I'm getting my key, I'm building my faith. So whatever you have need of right here this morning, I'm just gonna believe your key's about to unlock whatever you need open, whatever, by faith, by faith. It's all about faith. There's some more over here. If you're, if you're there's, um, let's see, there's a, a guys need them anybody need them there's more over here 
right over there. Just press right in. Just press in. Beverly, you got them yet? Press up. Come on, let Beverly through. Just like the woman with the issue of blood, they're coming for their miracle. Just go get them. Go get your miracle, because that's what it's about. Just like that. We're pressing through the crowd. 18 and up. Your women of God, you're amazing. There's more. There's, is there more down there? We're pressing. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's so many miracles. There's miracles in all over this house. There's people that have been healed of cancer in this house. Anxiety, you have no place in this house in Jesus' name. Fear, you have no place. Relationships that are broken, that are falling apart, you have no place because we have the key to stand on the word of God. Just like, just like Matthew says, whatever you ask, he's going to do it because you gotta have your faith arise. And that's what we wanna do this morning. We're gonna sing this song, and as we sing it, I just want you to declare it. I want you to hold your key up, and I want you to just speak into that. Whatever your situation, hold it up. Just hold it up and say, you're gonna do it again. And whatever it is, we're gonna sing it, and then I'm just gonna pray, and we're gonna go home. All right, let's do it.
Come on, girls. We're going to sing that. Every lady in the house, just your voice. Your promise still stands. Great is your
unlock whatever is being held up. So, Lord, I declare if anyone needs healing, Lord, by the stripes on Jesus' back, your word says we've already been healed. So we declare healing. If a marriage, Lord, is a wreck and needs to have reconciliation, we declare there is unity in that home. And, Lord, you're bringing healing into that. Financially, Lord, if someone is in need of a financial miracle and that door, that job needs to be opened up, we declare, Lord, we've been given that key, that power to walk in that authority of blessings according to your word. Lord, if a mind, Lord, is being tormented, I just say peace. Anxiety wants to raise up. Right there, just feel the Holy Spirit just rest on you right now and just say, I'm wrapping my arms around you and you carry this key and you step out in faith and say, I'm not going to walk in that. I'm not going to fear that. I am going to be whole in Jesus' name. There's peace. There's peace. Let that peace rest. Oh, you're doing it. You're doing it. You're doing it, God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Emotionally, God, if there is emotions, Lord, that are in and out, Lord, in relationships and in whatever it is, Lord, we lift that key and we say we are receiving our faith. Let our faith arise. And let us leave this place knowing that we have the power, we have the authority to unlock anything that is being held up. We can allow our miracle. We don't want to abort our miracle. We don't want to not receive it, but we want to take this key and take it in authority and power, knowing that God's already got this. By faith, I receive it. Your faith, your faith, your faith is what will make you whole in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Yeah, you received that this morning. Awesome. Well, you all are so amazing. Let me just say again, if you don't hear it enough, you are amazing women of God. Happy Mother's Day. Happy women of God. Go conquer the world because that's what we do, right? Go do it. And we love you and be blessed and have a great day. Happy Mother's Day. We love you so much. If you didn't get a key, let me know.